everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Two Brothers, One Mike, Season 6, Episode 12. And today, we have back with us Mr. Marco Pasqua. Marco, Tony, how are we doing today? Yeah, I know. I'm doing fantastic. So happy to be back with you both. Yeah. Marco, he he does this all the time. He he introduces and then he asks me and the guest at the same exact time how we're doing, and then it's a it's a standoff. Uh, who's going to say it for right? Uh, and and so you didn't know that everyone. Some guests have caught on to this now, uh, where I'm going to literally just stay back and guess first uh, before I make any comments. Uh, they don't care. Two two brothers, while Mike Land doesn't care how I'm doing. They see me every Wednesday at nine a.m. But um, so, Marco, Vancouver, Canada, via Vancouver, yes. Canada, and uh, a huge um, advocate of accessibility and inclusion. We're going to talk about that. Folks, if you did not see the first interview, season four, episode 11, uh, it was one of the interviews where I, I, we, we had just started video not, not long before that. So, it's actually audio and video. And if you want to know a little bit more about how we found Marco when it comes to the Hulu uh, movie that we watched back in time. And that's where I saw him. And that's where it, all that information, I, I strongly suggest Joe will include that uh, link in the podcast today in the description of this podcast. So you can go back and see the first interview. We're going to touch on a lot of things today, Marco, as far as that first interview, kind of see where things have gone since. Because in all actuality, it's been two seasons, but uh, it's, I think it was August of of 2022 and here we are in july of 2023 so about a year um about a year perfect timing perfect timing and and time flies uh when you're having fun i guess so you know uh when we talk about uh accessibility and we talk about inclusion and we talk about it in the workplace we talk about you know in business in in personal lives and it's not always um uh about about somebody who is, has a disability, there's a lot more that goes into that as well. But maybe you could tell the folks who maybe didn't see the first interview, they're going to go back and watch it, uh, a little bit more about yourself in terms of what puts you in this position as far as uh, being a huge advocate of accessibility and inclusion. Yeah, so thanks so much, uh, Tony. Really appreciate that. So yeah, so my name's Marco Pasqua, and I'm uh an accessibility consultant, accessibility universal design consultant. Now, for those of you listening to audio only, then you won't be able to see my smiling face right now. You might be able to see, uh, if you're on video, uh, the wheelchair that's beside me. And that's because um, I was born with cerebral palsy and I use a manual wheelchair to get around. So I've uh, been using a wheelchair my entire life. And that's not really the reason that I'm an accessibility consultant. In fact, I think I mentioned this on our first interview, but I actually avoided accessibility-related things like the plague at the beginning because I didn't want to be pigeon-held as somebody with a disability talking about accessibility and disability-related things. Uh, when I carved out my career, I really wanted to be respected as an entrepreneur first, first who happened to have a disability. Uh, but a flash forward... Uh, many years into my business, and one of my mentors, somebody I've looked up to my entire life, uh, he's a Paralympian here in Canada by the name of Rick Hansen. And in 1985, he wheeled around the world in his wheelchair uh, to raise money for spinal cord injury research. And to date, he's raised over $250 million towards spinal cord injury research. 
Um, and he was one of the individuals who said, Marco, you're doing a disservice here by not talking about accessibility. I know you don't want to pigeonhole yourself, but you're, you know, you have so much value in your voice, in your words, how you share stories, how you take people on a journey. And I think that it would be a really good thing for you to get trained up in accessibility and the understanding of the built environment, how we can make spaces more accessible to all people. As Tony said, not just people who use wheelchairs, but people of all abilities, uh, people who have some form of vision loss, hearing loss, cognitive challenges, and accessibility benefits all of us, even seniors who might not identify with having a disability at all, but we're getting older. And if we can make the universe, or sorry, the world more universally accessible, there we go, but the universe works too. Uh, if we can make it accessible to everyone, then it works for everybody. And so it's not a question of disability that's visible or not, but rather, does everyone have equal access in this world? And do they all have the ability to go to the places that they love to live, work, play, and learn? And that's why I'm driven by the work that I do. You know, my mentor said he believed in me. Uh, I started to believe in myself and I started to delve into this work. And now it's part and parcel with who I am as a per person. And, you know, you, you, you say that, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about Mr. Hansen again, uh, here in a moment. And, uh, I know one of the things that you were doing, uh, you were speaking from a motivational level is what I said, and you corrected me, uh, and you called yourself an inspirational speaker. Now I could tell you this real quick, your name has come up and probably if I had to take a guess, if I was a betting man and I'm not. Uh, I'd say eight or nine times since our interview, because every time, oh yeah, because every time I say motivational, I correct myself and say, Marco Pasqua, you would be extremely proud of me right now. I correct myself and I change it from motivational to inspirational when it comes to speaking. Now, I, I think it's very important that you explain, because this is an important concept here, the difference between and why you like to be called an inspirational speaker rather than a motivational speaker. Absolutely. So uh, quite simply, uh, people are motivated by different things. And so I like to label myself as an inspirational speaker, not because of the tokenism behind somebody with a disability is, quote, inspirational, but rather I like to inspire thing, people to do things and to find things out about themselves. And so I truly believe that if you Inspire people if you invoke a passion um, to for them to find their motivation, then that to me has a lot more impact than just strictly being motivational. It's about finding your inspiration, and different people are inspired by different things. And so I really feel like that's important. Now I do want to have a caveat in saying that I I don't want people to be inspired by me because I get up in the morning, I'm able to get dressed because I have a disability, or I can pour myself a cup of coffee. If I do actually something that's inspirational, if I'm doing something that's actually helping to change the world or impact things in a positive way, then absolutely that's inspirational. One of the things that I can't stand, even in the disability community, is people with disabilities who say, I hate the word inspirational because of uh, you know, all these tables of, oh, you're just so inspirational. And I tell those people, what's wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with being inspirational for real inspirational things. So I think it's just about shifting our gears and changing our minds and our perspective about what these words mean. And if it is what it is, and that's truly the definition of something, then it's okay to be proud of that. Yeah. And well, I mean, uh, where do you even go from there? That, that right there explains it in detail, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to the difference between inspirational and motivational and how it's looked at from 
Marco Pasqua's uh, viewpoint. Uh, and I couldn't agree more with that. I, I'll be honest with you. I never really looked at that until we had that first interview with you. And then we had an interview with another gentleman. Uh, uh, he is the host of the Rising Above podcast here in Lansing, Michigan, Mr. David Hess. And he called himself an inspirational uh, speaker. And I said, wow, uh, have you ever met Mr. Marco Pasqua? And he said, no, I haven't. And we we talked a little bit about you. I was actually on his show. Uh, and so it wasn't too broad. Like, yeah. So I, you know, it, it's, it's always, it, it's carrying. It's amazing how just something that, that you talk about, it, it really resonates with somebody, not resonated with me. And so uh, I really, truly, folks, if this is the first time you're hearing this in terms of the difference between the two concepts, Marco also talks in detail about that. Uh, when he corrected me in uh, the first episode, in such a nice way, though, it was a very kind correction. It wasn't it wasn't a scolding, uh, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, truly, uh, I, I do like that concept and, and the way you look at that, for sure. Um, two other concepts that you talked about in the first episode, and, and we're just touching on a little bit about the first episode as we continue on here today. And there's some new things we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But when you talked about uh, how you are a huge advocate for inclusion and for accessibility, mm-hmm. You also talked a lot about the difference, and I thought this was so important that I think we should talk about it again, at least briefly. There's a huge difference between advocating and or an advocate and an activist. Yes. And 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 so when you talk about advocating uh, and, and what you do, what's the difference? I think this is important to talk about again between somebody who is an activist and somebody who's an advocate. Yeah. I mean, and first and foremost, I don't want to, uh, you know, slander anybody who may, uh, you know, identify with the label of activism and things like this. I think that activism does have its place. Sometimes you have to get a little bit more aggressive with your stances in order for society to hear you. So that is that is that. However, the difference between an advocate and an activist, I believe that an advocate is somebody that comes to a situation or a problem with solutions already prepared in mind. You know, if Instead of just reprimanding people for what they believe they've done wrong, they're saying, hey, listen, I feel that this is wrong. However, here are some ways in which we can solve this problem together. Whereas I believe that an activist chooses to you know, approach things ironically in quite a malicious way. And so they're maybe upset about the way that they've been treated by another group or party or, or other individuals. Um, but that activism is actually working against them because I truly believe that they're creating more barriers for themselves as opposed to meeting somebody where they're at and not leaving them there. If all you're doing is throwing daggers at people and telling them what they did wrong, you're never going to actually create champions in your circle who are going to want to uh, join you on your journey and understand that they may have just done something out of ignorance and it's literally ignorance and that they didn't know the difference. And so I always try to approach things with a little bit more uh, happy demeanor. Uh, you know, listen, I'm a realist, but I am an optimist, but I think it's important to be realistic. Sometimes people aren't at where you're at and they haven't been through your journey. So I truly believe that activism, it, you know, has its place, but advocacy is where, where we truly want to get to, uh, because then you're going to win more people over and hopefully you're going to accomplish your goal in the end. And so, Mr. Rick Hansen has definitely been an advocate of what he truly yeah. believes and what his passion is. 
raising uh, again $250 million uh, in the world of um, accessibility and inclusion in the programs, the foundation that he has. Uh, let me ask you this. Sure. What's new? Uh, with with the Rick Hansen Foundation, what what what's the latest uh, as far have you have you and Mr. Hansen worked together and developing any more programs as far as that is concerned? Yeah, so um, the program that Rick created is called the Rick Hansen Foundation Accessibility Certification Program. It's a mouthful, but basically it goes above and beyond building code standards. Now I don't know if you know this. But July is Disability Pride Month, and it's not, it has nothing to do with the LGBTQ community or anything like that. It actually is commemorating the, uh, the passing of the Americans with Disabilities Act in July of 1990. Uh, so it's perfect timing that you're having me on the show because I recently talked about this on the radio in that I feel that, you know, you can do so many things when you're creating certification programs. And with the Rick Hansen program, it goes above and beyond building codes. So building codes can guarantee that you can get inside of the building, but they don't necessarily guarantee that you have meaningful access or that you can participate with all the facets of the things that are inside of that building in a way that is meaningful. And so with the Rick Hansen program, he's trying to teach building operators, architects, owners, building designers, how to go above and beyond and really look for a gold standard. And so that has been uh, going across North America. He's really been trying to teach people. I am designated as a professional in that program, as well as my wife is also. And that's the exciting thing. Um, so when I would have talked to you in August, I, I was a dad, I was, uh, still a very new dad. My daughter was only about, uh, you know, a year and a half. 17 months. That's just 17 months. There we go. And now my daughter is two and a half going on 22. And I know people say that as a joke, but she is so intelligent. And I'm just so proud because my wife, she used to work as the universal design and accessibility specialist for our entire city. And instead of going back to work after her maternity leave here in Canada, we have a little bit more of maternity leave. I hate to say it, but my wife was able to take 18 months off on maternity oh. leave. Um, because that's the kind of maternity leave we have in Canada. And so she did that. But when, when she was done, I said, don't go back to work, working for the city. Come take your skill sets and learning about municipalities and cities and accessibility being designated as work with me in the business. And so she and I started a new branch under the business called Meaningful Access Consulting. And so I guess, Tony, that's what's new is that uh, for the past, uh, the better part of uh, 10, 11 months now, uh, my wife and I have been, uh, you know, operating under Meaningful Access Consulting, doing our accessibility consultations for businesses across the country. We've even dabbled in working with some transportation agencies uh, in the United States, uh, the New Jersey Transportation Agency and a couple of others. Um, so we're really excited to kind of take our own experiences and just full disclosure, my wife is not somebody with any form of visible disability at all. So that's a question I always get. Oh, does your wife have a disability as well? Absolutely not. You know, my wife's a former dancer, swimmer, all these crazy things, and she just loves this kind of work. But we also want to raise our daughter to understand that it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, uh, the color of your skin, your religion, anything like that. Just treat pe people like people and let's build a world that is really, truly accepting of people and doesn't worry about any other labels other than we're all human beings. So that's my focus. Yeah. Well, when it comes to uh, meaningful access consulting, there's gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about that uh, not too far off here. 
Um, I want to go to an ad. I want to go to an ad. But before I go to an ad, I want you to tell everybody who has not listened to the first episode, your daughter's first words. Do you remember? Oh, yes. Uh, th- yes, I do. Of course. Yeah. Sorry. You, uh, yeah. So her first words were, were, I got this. And I was just so blown away uh, that my daughter was uh, not maybe, I think she was like maybe six months old. And um, she said, I got this. And I was just beside myself. It really showed me that me uh, being, you know, an inspirational guy, but a guy that's always not, never willing to give up. He's at the slightest um, sign uh, of uh, failure, so to speak. I always say there is no uh, win and lose, there's win and learn, right? And I think that even at her young age, my daughter picks up on that. She hears me in these podcasts. She hears me in these meetings. And, uh, you know, she kind of stumbled a little bit. And she said, I got this. And my my uh, wife and I's jaw hit the floor. We even had an artist write that out and quote her. And we have it framed in her bedroom so that she can remember that if she ever has doubt in herself, especially in those tween and teen years, that I can say literally this was your first sentence. So, you know, you got this. Uh, and, and I know I went 180 on you there. And folks, I know you probably were like, where is he going with that question? But when you mentioned your daughter, that was stuck in my head and has been stuck in my head for a year now. Uh, and, and so I just think that's absolutely amazing, especially at six months old. Uh, I Like I said in the first episode, not the first episode, the first interview, I think uh, no, uh, no and no were both of my boys' uh, first uh, first words. So, um, it just, uh, it, it's, it, she can't fail. There's no, you, you, she can't now she has, she has to succeed in, in what she does or, or at least work through failure to success. Um, uh, she, she pinned that, she pinned that, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's, that's, that's above. That's like right here now on top, everywhere she goes, I got this is sitting right there. Uh, so she had it's literally above her bed when she goes to bed at night. So she yeah. looks at it and says, I got this. I got this. I said, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But what we are going to do now is go to an ad and listen to our sponsor. And when we come back in about a minute, we're going to continue on talking to Mr. Marco Pasqua. Don't go anywhere, everyone. We'll be right back. Two Brothers, One Mike is sponsored by Kitchen Apps, perfectly prepared portions. Hey, Youngstown area listeners, it's Joe from T-Bomb. Do you find yourself dreading all of the specifics when it comes to prepping your meals for the week? I mean, calculating calories and macros can be such a pain, which for many of us can result in losing our momentum when we're starting a new eating lifestyle. Now, I know for me, I was constantly figuring out which foods to eat so I wouldn't only stay under calories, but also maintain my macros. What's more is I hated the idea of eating the same thing every day simply because I finally came up with that perfect combination. But then I found Kitchen Apps. Founded in 2015 by Tom Kitchen Apps, their mission is simple. They created a personalized selection of flavorful gourmet meals that are perfectly portioned and nutritionally balanced to fit their clients' lifestyles, as well as their physical needs, all for a very affordable price. You receive three meals plus two snacks for five days, so your whole work week is completely taken care of. And yes, there are options to add or subtract meals as you need them for the weekends too. So for more information or to place your order, go to kitchenabs.com. That's kitchenabz.com and get started today. Welcome back, everybody. So I'm going I'm going to talk about a concept that we talked a lot about in the first interview, but 
before I go there, I want to say something. I read an article, uh, and you talk so much uh, in the first segment of the show today about your wife, uh, Karen. And I read an article, and I remembered in the first interview where you talked about you were uh, a video gamer. You were developing video games. Is that correct? Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, I, I worked in the game industry for five years. Yeah, and 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 she she kind of steered you in a different direction. She was a little bit of a uh, a motivator, uh, basically <laughs> showing you that there was something out there that was more suitable for you and your passion and your desire and something that she saw in you that maybe you didn't see in yourself in the very beginning. And so I thought I thought that was where that was the you know. There's always behind every good man. There is always a strong woman, as they as they say. And I, I thought that's that. where it ended. Yeah, and I thought that's where it ended. But then I read the article where they talked about the meaningful access um, consulting, and that she is the co-founder, and how she is all in when it comes to that and everything you talked about in the first segment. And I thought, wow, this is really interesting. She is a hundred percent. Not only was she pushing him to find uh, his passion, uh, but she also is part of that passion on a daily basis yeah. now. And so I think that's absolutely fantastic when I read that article. It was an interview, uh, and I can't remember the name of the article now or the name of the magazine. Um, but Yeah, it's, uh, by, it's by a group called Sparks Publishing, and okay. I think it's called the Make the World a Better Place magazine, actually. Uh, okay. so, uh, it should be in my, so my social channels. There's a screenshot of it you can still access the magazine it's free to access the links will be there on my social um but yeah i was thrilled in fact they were they actually approached my wife um to do to uh, to do the interview for that magazine so she was the one who brought it to my attention and then we we at we co-answered uh the questions together but um i i couldn't be prouder of my wife for sure yeah yeah that's that that is an amazing i mean that I don't think people understand how amazing that is, maybe, or maybe they do understand it. Maybe I'm selling everybody short there, but it's always uh, amazing to see a, a wife-husband combo uh, doing something so inspiring uh, like you guys do. And so um, a lot of times, I think it makes it a little easier when you're both on the same page, just a little easier yeah. um, because you feed off of each other. Uh, and, and I'm, yeah. I don't know if that's the way it works, but I have a feeling, uh, that you definitely feed off of each other. If someone's down, the other person's yeah. there to pick them up. Um, so to speak. Uh, yeah, that's that, actually been our, yeah, Tony, that's been our entire relationship. So to give you context, my wife and I have actually been together for 16 years. Okay. So, uh, so we've been married for, uh, eight, uh, years, uh, but we've been together for 16 years and, uh, you, you said it earlier, she my biggest cheerleader. So I actually lost my job during the 2008 to 2010 recession. We all experienced it across North America. It was devastating. Very, very similar to what might be going on here today. Uh, hopefully not as drastic or dramatic. Um, but, uh, but, you know, so I lost my job along with 1500 other people in the game industry uh, at that time. And, um, and so I was kind of spinning my wheels because this is what I went to school for. I went to school for uh, video game design. And so I thought, well, geez, uh, what if, what am I going to do? How am I going to get back out there? And she was really the, the shining light for me to say, I think this is your real opportunity to go out there and do what I think you were always meant to do, which is, uh, inspire people, light a fire in them and all those things. 
And so, you know, Tony, not to sugar, the first year of business was really rough for me. I was a no name. I was not really anybody out there. I had to agree to speak at any dusty rotary club or anything that I could find uh, just to get my name out there. And, you know, there was a time where we were so fighted strapped that we were doing the whole ramen and oj situation where you just eat what you can and you just you know scrape by and do whatever but the entire time my wife never gave up on me she never lost faith in me um she she always said that this is going to work out she knows that it's going to work out for me and sure enough slowly but surely my name started to get out there um i truly believe in being an authentic person so I think that that really helped is like, you know, what you see is what you get. I wasn't trying to sell somebody on something else on, on one area. But then if you out of uh, behind the scenes, I was a different person. That's not my story at all. I'm exactly the same person in this podcast and as if you were across the room from me today. And I think that, that really helps because people know that you're out there for, for the right reasons and doing it the right way. Um, if I were to have created a book too soon just to upsell people, and whatever. Sure, I could have made a lot more money and things like this, but that's just not who I am. I believe in value realizes value. So if people see that I have value in what I'm delivering, they're going to come back for more. They're going to want to learn more. Much like this interview today is the second part of uh, of two interviews right now. And you don't right. recognize that yourself. So long story short, I just wanted the opportunity to have my wife know that it's her turn now. And she watched me. Her dad's an entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur. And then she watches her husband launch a business. And she always wanted that, but she just didn't know if the timing was ever going to be right. And so after her maternity leave, when there was a real opportunity for her to make a choice, she said, do you think we really have it in us us to do this together? And I said, absolutely. Now, disclaimer, not all family businesses or uh, family relationships in business work out. Uh, you know, I know that there are some people that are at each other's necks. You probably saw with the, you know, the cake boss and Carlos Bakery and various other things. You and your brother do really, really well. Uh, but, you know, there are businesses and things that, of course, sometimes when it's on television, it's dramatized and things like this. But uh, I'm very fortunate to say that, you know, there are very few squabbles between my wife and myself. And if there is a misunderstanding, we we meet at each other, you know, in the middle and we kind of say, let's come to a resolution here. But we always work together. We work together extremely well. We are truly partners in life and in business. And we don't ever let anything pass without the other person seeing it first. And um, it's worked out swimmingly, man. It's It's really been uh, one of the best moves ever, especially as a new parent, because we don't have to send our child uh, to daycare. We can raise Stella together. We take her with us on some meetings, some meetings that are in, you know, Fortune 500 companies and where we have to be in the boardroom where it's not appropriate to have her to your own yeah. shirt. Then she can stay with an aunt, an uncle, a friend or something like this. But other than that, she comes on job sites with us. She wears a little heart hat. She'll come and she'll look at grab bars and different accessibility features. I kid you not. She knows where to find the buttons and she'll say that's a button to open the door for daddy. So like the fact that my two and a half year old is recognizing these things at this age gives me hope about the future because I see some of the youth of today and I get concerned about what I'm seeing out there. But hopefully yeah. my daughter can be part of a generation that wants to be part of real change. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to Generation Z, I, I, uh, as a trainer uh, for young athletes, I've seen it all. I see a lot of promise. It keeps me happy. It keeps me smiling. I see a little concern. And I try to yeah. get the fact that I'm an 80s guy in Generation X. It was the same thing. <laughs> there was some concern yeah. there. 
And then we turned 50, on 50, right? Yeah. Yeah. 50. Yeah. Uh, uh, there are always going to be people with the work ethic. And then there's going to be some that just haven't discovered it yet. Yeah. And you know, when you were talking just now about you and your wife and how you're bringing all that all together, I, I would say you're creatively utilizing your best energy. Uh, that, that would be what I would think from everything you just, you just gave our audience. And I, speaking of creatively utilizing your best energy, what's the newest thing going on with what we talked a lot about a lot in the first interview, the Q principle, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. The cool thing about the Q principle is actually it's more relevant now than ever. You wouldn't believe the number of, um, uh, educational institutions that approach me that want to teach people my method to creatively utilize your best energy, which is basically a system that I created uh, years ago to recognize a challenge, assess what is needed to overcome it, and then how to put the right energy or people forward in order to accomplish a set, set goal. You know, But one of the big aspects or elements to that is authentic networking. And I think that after the past three years of all the chaos that the entire world has been through, People have forgotten about how to actually connect with humanity again uh, because we got so comfortable behind our virtual screens and working from home and things like this. So now a lot of corporations and schools are approaching me. I kid you not, Tony, say, can you teach our staff how to connect with one another? Can you teach our staff to, you know, to be able to have a break up a conversation with one another, not be afraid to approach a stranger in an elevator and say, how is your day going? So really with the Q principle, it's just this sort of way of approaching situation where you actually give without expectation. You want to learn and teach people things about your own life. And you're actually building much more meaningful relationships in your life where people will remember and then they'll say, I got you. Just like my daughter saying, I got this. They say, I got you. I remember you helped me out about three months ago. You asked me a question about, uh, you know, about graphics design. Well, actually a nephew of mine is a, a brand new graphics designer. He can help you out with that project or that thing that you're doing right now. Why don't I go ahead and pass along your name and you, I connect you to. And it sounds like, you know, child's play, but it isn't all that simple for people. People forget about the smallest things when you're networking. Like if you meet somebody and you've got a piece of paper or their business card, write down a few bullet points about who that person was, what their interests were. And when you reach out to them, don't just give them some boilerplate BS email about this and that and start to sell them on your products or services. Remind them that you were paying attention during the conversation. Bring up the, na the name of their partner or their spouse if they brought that up. And maybe try to make a connection that is meaningful for them and help them out. You'd be surprised at the people that will remember that and they'll help you out years later. It's proven really well for me since I started to teach the Q principle, hmm. how much and how effective it is. And I'm just so glad that uh, with you, Tony, you remembered and now the student becomes the teacher. I'm sure you're implementing some of those strategies yourself in conversations that you have today. I'll always uh, what, that what just resonated with me, uh, and it's something that I always believe in is that social interaction. Um, I think uh, what has happened over the past several years, when it comes to that that distancing that we have for each other, it ca absolutely cannot happen in order for humanity to continue to excel. Um, you have to be able to have some type of social interaction face to face where you are looking at each other's body language and understanding where each other are coming from more so than in just text where the meaning of what is being said can be completely lost. 
uh, as opposed to that social interaction, that eye to eye contact and understanding and seeing the emotion and, and feeling the emotion that's coming from it's a vibe. Uh, and so I think in any type of meeting, whether it's personal or business, uh, that plays a huge role in success or failure. Uh, and that's, that's something that we cannot lose. Um, one thing that I can tell you that I'm not a huge fan of, of what I do for a living from my bread and butter standpoint. Uh, it's sure. been going on for 30 years now and I have maybe one or two more and then I'm going to, I'm going to walk away from it. The one thing I am very thankful for is not only meeting some really good people, but really never losing the ability to socially interact because I have to do with hundreds of hundreds of people every single day, whether it's agreeing with them, disagreeing with them, laughing with them, uh, crying with them, being mad at them, them being mad at me, all these things that go into making us human beings. And if I was in an office by myself, never interacting with any of these people after what's happened in the last couple of years, I, I really think there's a there's a concern there for for people who are not interacting with other people and whoever's agenda it is to put us to push us in that direction. Um, with, with homeschooling, even Marco, I'm not a yeah. huge fan of that. Yeah. I get it to a certain extent, but I don't get it because that completely takes that that we, that desensitizes our children and understanding on how you have to work through problems with other people. And, and so not, not a big fan of that either. So I totally agree with you um, as far as what you're saying when it comes to social interaction and how it works uh, in favor of, of uh, a, what, uh, benefiting society, I should say, for sure. A hundred, yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I'm not to get too metaphysical on you, but you did mention a, a word that is really important to me, which is by, you know, there's a the vibe that you get from people. And I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the first show or not, but, but it, that's exactly what it is. You know, people think that us in our, in our carbon state, in our human body, and you as a trainer, you'll understand the human body better than anybody, but you know, we think that we're a solid being, but actually, if you go down to the molecular level, we're all just vibrating atoms that are actually separated. So technically, our physical being is just an illusion. And so, you know, what we do with this, when you say I've got a bad vibe or I've got a good vibe off of somebody, that's a real exchange of energy. And that's actually palpable. So whether you want to call it an aura or the energy somebody gives off, whether they're a, a good person, a bad person, you can kind of feel that when you enter a room. That's why when you enter a room where there's been trauma or some sort of devastation, you can feel the coldness. You can feel the energy. Just think about it when we imprint records on vinyl, okay? Records on vinyl was a, you know, a way of imprinting sound for artists to actually have physical sound imprinted on that record. And the same thing goes with the walls of our home. We imprint the energy around us in the places that we surround ourselves in, and that energy stays there. It sticks there just like a record, just like when you play back your favorite song or potentially music that it shouldn't be played back because of the vibe it gives off. And so it's really important for people to remember that this is so much more than just systems of networking when you're talking about making social connections. There is a real energy exchange, and I truly believe that our mission in life is to learn from other people and to learn in the journey. Now, you don't have to be 
spiritual to believe that. It's just about what are you taking away from every single circumstance that happens to you and what are you choosing to change about it? Because at the end of the day, you can't change what happens to you, but you can change how you react to it. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Um, that, that, what you just said there at the end, we can literally stop the show right here and fade off. Uh, <laughs> that is absolutely 100% true, but we're not going to do that. Everything you're bringing today, yeah, everything from the first segment to this segment to the last interview. Um, I think it's extremely obvious to our listeners and our viewers, not just how articulate you are, uh, when it comes to how you present yourself, but the energy, energy you give off as well. And the vibe. that you give off as well. And so I know that all this comes from not just your DNA, not just who Marco Pasqua is, but also uh, your professionalism and professional certifications that you have when it comes to everything that you do, the businesses that you run. When it comes to the certifications, I think it's important that people understand this. If I'm not mistaken, you have more than 10 different professional certifications, if I'm not mistaken. Is that true or am I off by? Yeah, no, no. So I have a bunch of different designations, where whether it co- uh, comes from working with walk-in disaster volunteers, working for uh, municipal spaces, uh, being able to understand um, you know, the human experience from that regard. Uh, we're talking about the accessibility and universal design um, certifications. Um, some of my background um, in computer programming and coding and various things like this, uh, doing some work in volunteerism. I sit on uh, uh, three different national boards for persons with disabilities for organizations that have give back programs um, similar to, uh, you know, in the States, the, the Make-A-Wish uh, uh, Society and things like this. There are organizations that are really near and dear to my heart um, that that I'm involved in. And so I always feel that it's important to better yourself in your education in whatever aspect that you can. But in all honesty with you, Tony, I actually like to apply the skills more than I like to sit in school and learn them. So my whole thing is it's it's not about the number of certifications that you have. It's what are you doing with what you've learned in life and how are you going to translate that into helping other people? So I always try to approach anything that I want to learn and upgrade myself in in a way as to how is that going to help flesh out my career, support my family, but ultimately help my community and the people around me. And, you know, listen, you can do so much learning without even going to school, so long as you apply yourself and you surround yourself with good mentors and people that can build you up. A shout out to the blue collar workers out there with their certifications. But some of those guys that are in the blue collar industry, it's not about putting on your student tie every day. It's about putting real work, hard work and grit. And I think that society, North American society, especially has forgotten the power behind real grit and the grease behind putting the real work in because it takes all kinds of people to run our countries. And sometimes our jobs are not glorious. But you need to have those skill sets in order to have your country run efficiently. And so no matter what somebody wants to look at, the U.S. and Canada are supposed to be capitalist societies. And there's nothing wrong with building on the backs of capitalism when capitalism works, when you're working hard to earn your dollar. And so I really just wanted to have that message a shout out to the blue collar workers. A shout out to all the people who don't get appreciation for the work that they do. Thank you for lifting up, uh, us up and thank you for lifting up our country. 
you just you just won over forty eight thousand General Motors auto workers uh, in the snap of a finger. If you ran for International Union auto workers, the IUAW, if you ran for president, I think hands down, <laughs> you would definitely, definitely have 48,000 votes. And this is something that I always, this is something I always tell my superintendent. And I get along really well with a lot of my bosses. Um, but I always <laughs> tell them this, uh, I have a college degree uh, I, I in wow. business for that matter. And then I have wow. 10 and I have seven certifications in exercise science. And so I tell them this all the time, all the theory that you're reading in that book right there has nothing to do about the reality of the situation we're dealing with over here. You have to apply that theory to the reality and you have to find what's working and what's not working. And sometimes that book is not the reality of the situation. And they just, you know, sometimes they just look at me like, what? <laughs> and, and because sometimes people get so involved, education is important. But sometimes common sense and being able to apply to real life situations, sometimes the theory behind that needs to change because it's not working. Uh, so, and I'm not saying that's exactly what Marco just said, ladies and gentlemen. I'm saying that no, that's what I took from it to a certain extent because yep. I'm a blue collar guy. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, sometimes we we look at it a different way. But again, uh, let me know, Marco. Uh, I'll get your your flyers, your business cards, your, your banners, we'll hang them up. Uh, you run, <laughs> and I guarantee you I'll be your campaign manager. We'll win this thing um, for I sure. I appreciate that. But what I want to do is I want to pull you into the depths of the things you don't want to be doing and support you to be doing more things you do want to be doing. And, you know, believe it or not, my friend, Mr. Tony, you're just as much of an inspiration because, you know, I've followed along in the podcast since being on the show. I've listened to some of your advice when it comes to, you know, taking care of yourself, taking care of your body, eating well, doing all those things. And you can't sleep on those types of things. In fact, you should be sleeping, but you shouldn't sleep on that information. Um, you know, I think it's really important to remember that, you know, what drives us as people isn't necessarily what our career or what our resume says. It's the things that get us up in the morning because we're passionate about what it is that we do. And so I want to drive you towards your passion and support you to get to where you need to be. And every single part of the journey, every single job we take, even if it's not the most glorious job, even if it's flipping burgers, whatever the case may be, there are all these little moments that actually help to build up the human being, the person that you become. And you wouldn't be able to be the Tony you are today if it wasn't for, you know, early days and taking your licks as a, as a young employee and learning the ropes and all of those things to get to where you are now. And so the psyche that you've learned, the, the, the mentality that you've learned to pass on to people that you, that you coach and other individuals, you know, that's powerful stuff. And I don't think that, that could have happened for you if you didn't have your day job. So, I mean, everything is a blessing to one another. And, uh, going back to your original point, there's nothing wrong with having an MBA, but be, having a master's in business is totally different than being an entrepreneur. I want to make that clear. You can know your numbers, but it doesn't mean that you have the grit to be an entrepreneur because there is so many ups and downs in starting a business um, that you have to understand that you have to ride out those dips. And if I gave up at any, the first sign of a business not working, then I wouldn't be talking to you today. I wouldn't still be in business 11 years later, but you just ride it out and you trust the process and you trust that you know the road you're going down. And at the end of the day, 
in, uh, you know, running a business may not be for everybody, but for me, the freedom that I get, the autonomy that I get of having nobody above me, except of course, my wife, you know, who I obviously am clearing these things with her too, as well. You know, that is really powerful for us because then we can carve out our future. And I think that entrepreneurship and small business is what has kept our countries, both the U.S. and Canada, alive. And it was really heartbreaking during the pandemic to see so many small businesses, especially out in New York and other areas in bodegas, shutting down because they couldn't sustain themselves over the pandemic. I want us to grow back stronger. I want us to grow back more resilient than before. And regardless of what the world throws at us, that we're ready to continue to thrive in what our countries are known for. And that's building up on the backs of understanding what it means to really believe in the American dream or the Canadian dream, in my case. And that is, you know, we can build these countries together and we can do it well. Yeah, amen to all of that. Um, I could, I definitely could, I, I could not say that any better. Uh, to even add to that, uh, it, it's it's impossible. And literally, what you just said is exactly. And I, I, some people might say, "Can't you guys disagree on something here?" Uh, I literally agree with what you're saying. Uh, if you're if you're if you're a champion of humanity, uh, how can you not agree with that? Uh, everybody. <laughs> Everybody should be out there. In order to be successful, you have to work and help others around you be just as successful in order for you to succeed. I truly believe in that. So I champion that statement all the time. Uh, and in several of the things that I, I have, several irons in the fire. Uh, and I love it. Uh, the auto working uh, in the factory is almost done for me, that chapter. And I continue to work with those irons in the fire because that's going to be the pathway I take. Oh, well, I've already taken it, but full time uh, here in the very near future. So in that process, my job is to make those around me successful. And the more successful they are, the more successful I am. So, uh, and that goes in more ways, way more ways, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, than just from a monetary standpoint. Um, way, that, that's, that might be one of the least uh, when it comes to what I love about watching others around me succeed and knowing that I had something to do with that, that I was able to help them move in that direction. And I think all of us need that push and that helping hand when it comes to growing your business or growing yourself. Uh, that's, that's, that's a given for sure. Yeah. It, I, boy, I'm going to go 180 again, but, okay. but sure. sometimes that needs to happen. I wonder, because I want to talk about this when it comes to CP awareness and, and folks, CP being cerebral palsy, uh, when it comes to CP awareness, and we just happen to be in the month of July, as you said, you were on CTV. Now, I, I don't want to just assume that's Canadian TV. Or what What is CTV? Yes, uh, Canadian television is CTV, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and in the interview with the anchor, uh, in the interview anchors, there were two anchors, you were talking about uh, the awareness. You were talking about what you want people to understand when it comes to people with cerebral palsy, because sometimes you're looked at a little bit differently. And so you want people to understand something. Do you, can, can you talk to our audience today about what it is that, that one thing you want people to understand when it comes to looking at people with CP? 
Yeah, well, thank you so much. So obviously, I, I mentioned off the top that I have cerebral palsy, and so you know, I'm the provincial spokesperson for my for my province for the Cerebral Palsy Association of British Columbia, the province that I live in, similar to a state. Uh, and uh, and so you know, I like to put up these um, these challenges every month through the CPABC, the Cerebral Palsy Association of British Columbia, called Marco's Motivation. And uh, and so uh, this this month, July. Um, happens to be uh, obviously America's Independence Day, and I was actually born on Independence Day. I was born on July fourth, nineteen eighty-five. So I have a real affinity for the eighties, and you'll hear that in the original interview for my tiebacks to Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future, and all of that that craziness. But um, I really wanted to focus in this month on independence and what that means for different people and people with disabilities. Um, are just like anybody, we're, but we all have a spectrum of ability. So if you meet one person with cerebral palsy, you've met one person with cerebral palsy. Just because you hear somebody SCP, you'll go, oh, that's just like Marco Pasqua that I heard on the Two Brothers, One Mike show. You know, it's exactly the same. Absolutely not. For example, if you're a fan of America's Got Talent, right now there's a comedian on America's Got Talent named uh, Aaron uh, Belisle, and he is a comedian with cerebral palsy that is nonverbal. So he he's not able to use his voice, but he is ambulatory. So he stands up and he uses a cell phone to do stand-up jokes. And he actually made it through the audition round. And he's a Canadian guy. So I shout out to Aaron, by the way. Uh, he and I are connected through LinkedIn. And so uh, Aaron is uh, another example of somebody with cerebral palsy who's impacted in a different way. Cerebral palsy is brain damage at birth, which impacts a person's uh, generally their motor skills, um, uh, but it can also affect their communication skills and various other things, also, as well as their tightness and their tenseness and their muscles and their dexterity. And so my message, um, you know, in that segment was really about it doesn't matter about your circumstance. It's what you do with the circumstance and that every single person with a disability is going to be different. And I think it's just more so about empathy, not a, not going up to somebody and feeling sorry for them, but empathizing with them and understanding that their circumstance or their perspective in this world is different than your own. And, and uh, we all express our independence in different ways. And there's nothing wrong with that. Listen, it's been a real weird time with um, political divisiveness over the past couple of years as well. And it's really strange to me how people um, are 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 poo pooing, so to speak, on patriotism and are on 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 independence and on all these types of things. And I got to tell you, as a Canadian guy, I am straight up nonpartisan. I I don't believe in kind of uh, following any sort of political aisle one way or the other. I believe in aligning yourself with people ethically. And so, you know, for me, at the end of the day, that independence is understanding that you can be a free thinker, that you can use your mind critically, and that you don't necessarily have to believe in all of the things that are being told to you out of that black box in the corner of the room. Use your own mind to make up your own opinions on things and really understand that that is what makes you independent as an individual. And yeah. I didn't go into those details of that interview, but I just... I mean, just stand on a soapbox for a second and just say it's okay to think for yourself. Yeah, uh, Marco, I, I could tell you that I always um, um, I, I stay away from getting into too many debates on social media uh, from one side of the aisle to the next. I think social media is a very bad uh, concept in this aspect <laughs> because yeah. too many people have too many opinions, and before. 
uh, back in the, you know, in the stone ages when I was young, we didn't have to hear everybody's opinion. Now you don't have a choice. And, and so that's the unfortunate part of it, uh, when it comes to influencing others who maybe don't have that same ability to think for themselves, so to speak. And it puts them in a situation where they're playing a tennis match. They're watching the ball go back and forth and they don't know what decision to make. And it's just, rather than doing critical thinking, they're just trying to figure out who they're going to align with rather than just taking the middle road and saying, let's all get together here and figure this out. They're looking and saying, okay, I'm going to align with them or I'm going to align with them. And they don't even know why. Uh, and that's no, no, do, no. do your research. And I, I don't believe in being a keyboard warrior. You know, at the end of the day, I have more important things to do with my time, right? I, any free time I have, I'm not going to sit there and blast anyone for their opinion. I'm going to sit there and spend time with my wife and my daughter, because at the end of the day, tomorrow could come and we could all be done for. Right. So I'm not trying to be, you know, doom and gloom, but I'm just saying, enjoy every single moment and treat every single day. Like it's your last, um, you know, uh, I'm going to bring something up that's pretty sensitive. And it's that r- right now in my family, uh, we had a death in the family uh, this week. I'm someone that's very, very close to my my wife. And um, and and unfortunately, it was due to an aneurysm. I'm going to bring something up very personal because I believe in being vulnerable. My dad suffered uh, two brain aneurysms of almost 10 years ago, and he survived. Um, he had to learn how to walk again. Um, he forgot who my sister and my and myself were when he was in hospital he had to have emergency surgery, but he came back from that. And unfortunately, the individual who suffered an aneurysm in our family uh, just this week um, did not have the same fate. Unfortunately, passed away this morning. And so, for you know, for me, it, it kind of like it shows you how precious life is. Um, you know, days before his wife was talking to him, he was a, he's a spry guy. He was I mean he's seventy five years old, but he was a guy that way. He's a Swiss man. Um, he's out there in the in the mountains and the hills. He, he's often riding a motorcycle. He's out there doing his thing, and and you know, not even twenty four hours later, he suffers an aneurysm and then is in a coma. You know, and if you don't know that's going to happen, there was no lead up to this. There was no warning to this. And I'm trying to be sensitive here because this is a personal story for my wife and for her family. But at the end of the day, I wanted to bring it up because I want people to understand how precious life really is. Um, and to tell the people that you care about that you love them today because tomorrow something might happen. And so this is why I truly believe, no, no joke, be a good person. Be a good person. Put others before yourself. You know, uh, that's we we get this shot, this opportunity to make an impact in people's lives, and we don't know when it's going to be pulled away from us. So why waste your time being divisive? Why waste your time um, focusing in on things that don't matter? Those are all distractions. Being a good person is where it's at, and that's what's going to pay dividends. Karma is real. Remember that. Two two things that I want to say to what you just uh, said. Uh, one, we we just did a show last week. If you knew when your demise would be, the exact time when your demise, wow, what would you what would you change? What would you do? Uh, and uh, that episode uh, aired right before this one. So anybody who went to Spotify or YouTube or any of our platforms and see this interview here, it's the episode just one up from this one. So I find that to be ironic. Uh, yes. and, and yeah, and, and second, um, something that we do 
in, in my community always is uh, when we hear of something like what you just talked about uh, uh, happened just uh, this morning. Um, we always, uh, and this is from the bottom of my heart, uh, may his memory be eternal. And uh, my prayers and my heart go out to both you, Karen, and the entire family. Um, Thank you. It's really, I, you know, you said he was 75. And and we, we I know a lot of times we do, you know, we try to, to, to you know, I don't want to say justify but we try to say, you, you ever hear this before? Well, he was a, he was 82, you know, he, yeah, she was, exactly. she was. And, and so you try to, in your head, you're trying to make meaning of what just happened. Uh, and we all do that. And, and especially talking about how vibrant he was, um, it is true that, that we do not know. We don't know. Uh, so it's crazy that you said live every day of your life like it's your last. That's exactly what Joe and I were saying at the end of that show last week. So, and, and folks, we didn't talk to Marco, uh, about this situation. Everything he just talked about was completely off the cuff and we had no idea. Um, but the fact that sure you're here on this show today and that we didn't reschedule because our episodes are recorded, uh, Mm -hmm. boy, that says, I I don't, I'm floored by that. Truly. Uh, it gives me shivers actually. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh. Truly, thank you for being here today in such a, a dire situation for your family right now. Um, would have completely understood, and that just completely floored me just now. Truly, I, I I am truly thankful that you're still here today to talk about this, um, and we didn't reschedule. That's that says a lot. Thank you very much for that. Truly. Well, no, thank you, and I I, I just want to add, you know, so my wife's background, her heritage is Swiss, and in the Swiss uh, heritage, um, you know, they really believe in celebrating an individual's life, and so although it is tra- traumatic, and um, um, that was her godfather, that was her uncle, um, who passed, and um, and so that's really hard for her, but the the saving grace behind all of this is to know that her father was able to make it uh, over back over to Switzerland from Canada. Uh, um, but, but before he officially passed away and, you know, to be rallying around the family, um, you know, to be there for his brother, who's younger than he is, by the way, um, to pass, um, that's always a hard thing, but, uh, for, for the family to be so strong for my wife to show such strength, um, in these last several days where we didn't know what was going to happen. And then to be reflective on my own life and watching my dad. I have two two brain aneurysms in the same year. He had a stomach aneurysm, and my dad is still here now. My 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 mother, I'm I'm my heritage is Italian, and so uh, my Nona, who I never got to meet because she died from a blood clot before I was born. My my dad's mom, but she was very religious and she believed in you know guardian angels. And my dad has always said he's got these angels on his shoulder looking out for him. And the number of times my dad has had near death experiences or been close to death, and he's still here to talk about it. We just count our blessings. So to circle back to what we said, you know, make every single day count, right? Um, have those conversations today. Don't wait on it. Don't wait to say, oh yeah, you know, I'm just a little bit bashful, or maybe you're holding a grudge against a family member because they peed you off a couple Thanksgivings ago. You know, let it go. <laughs> let it go. You know, there are wider things. Why do we always use Thanksgiving as the problem for family? Did you ever notice that the poor Thanksgiving? Not only does Thanksgiving, as I as I make a joke here for a second, that's not nice. Levity is good. Yeah, thank, Thanksgiving is 
is the forgotten holiday because everyone goes from Halloween to Christmas. Okay. Right. And then and then we always talk about the the having to deal with the 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 horrible quote unquote family situations at Thanksgiving. It's never right. at Christmas. It's never at Easter. It's always at Thanksgiving. Poor Thanksgiving. We got a link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tip, tip the glass to Thanksgiving, everybody. Tip the yeah. glass. But uh, but no, in all in all seriousness, though, you know, let's let's land on a high note. Um, you know, love your family, love your neighbors, you know, and really recognize the people in your circle who've been there to support you. You know, uh, Tony, I know that you and Joe have got a really close relationship as brothers. If you didn't, you wouldn't have started this podcast together. Yeah. Um, your rapport, your willingness to be playful with one another, to be you know, to kind of jab at one another from time to time and do these kinds of things. You know, those are really important things. Those are really what show your true character is, you know, you have ups and downs, but family is family. And I think people need to remember that. So, so appreciate that. Going to summer as we continue through summer. Yeah. uh, uh, You know, as we break through into August coming up pretty quick. And by the time this episode airs, it might be August. Um, But as we, as we break in through the summer, um, I just want people to remember that. Take the time that you can. If you get some time on the weekends off or whenever you get time off, turn off your screens, turn off your social media, forget the notifications for even an afternoon and just have some time with the people that matter most to you. They may not be blood family. They could be a close friend or someone you've known for decades. Take the time, have a coffee and really connect with somebody again. Don't worry about what's on your social media feed if you're looking at uh, Twitter or the uh, terrible threads. Anyways, the the point is, is forget all of these social media platforms and just remember the things that really matter. And that's the people that are around you. Not one, not two, not three, not 10, maybe 30 is the number I'm looking for. 30 different things that Marco Pasqua has talked about today that should be resonating with all of us uh, when it comes to uh, being better human beings and just understanding life and understanding how precious it is before, uh, unfortunately, we leave this earth. Uh, it, it's it's something that I, uh, unfortunately, that too many of us take for granted until that time happens. Uh, so yeah. folks, please, uh, when you listen to this podcast, take it all in uh, today and really understand where Marco is coming from. He, he, he Just now, you went, it, it was so much more than just about CP awareness it was that inspirational speaking that you do coming out uh, in you and and basically just talking about all the different things about us as human beings. Uh, everyone, we're, we're different, but we're so much the same. Uh, and I think that is uh, what should resonate with everybody today. Joe, where, where are you at? Joe hides in the abyss during interviews and then he pops back. There he is. How you doing, Joe? Uh, oh, yeah. No, hey, just, just listening. Is there everything you guys are talking about? I've been here the whole time, I promise. Yeah. And uh, and, and, and so, uh, obviously, you heard uh, what is, I didn't think there could be a better interview than the first one, but I think now this one tops <laughs> the first interview. Folks, the only way you're going to find out is if you check out the link in the description that Joe's going to provide today. And Marco, let me ask you this. Um, sure. When we talk about all these other organizations, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I might be, if they go to marcopasqua.com, they can find all those particular yeah. links to all those different organizations. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. So uh, there, there's a section on my site of places that I've been featured, organizations that I've supported. Some of those organizations are available. You can click on the logos on my website and go to those places. 
Uh, but I also encourage you just to follow, ironically, follow me on social media um, if you want to learn um, some of the things. I mean, that's how, Tony, you've been keeping up on on my life. Uh, I try to stay active from the perspective of people knowing what's going on in my life, not to be a keyboard warrior, but rather if I have an important story or something to share, I try to use my social media for good and share things out. So I welcome anybody to follow me on the many channels that are there. All of the links to my social channels will be on my website, marcopasqua.com. If you want to learn more about Meaningful Access, you can go to MeaningfulAccess.com. And that's um, that's the business with my wife and I uh, doing the accessible uh, accessibility and universal design consultation. So I just want to thank you both uh, as, as brothers and as a family. I start to feel like I'm part of your family a little bit, too. So, I, I mean, I hope that that feeling is uh, mutual. And uh, and I can we can, I can be one of the three amigos, you know. So I I would love to uh, you know come back in the future yet again. Maybe we could do another check in down the road. Uh, but thanks again, and thank you for giving me a platform just to be me and just to just to share some nuggets with the world. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, uh, the energy you bring to this show. Uh, I just thought of something while he was saying that, Joe. Two brothers, one Marco. It's uh, we already have we already have the name. I've looked at the earth off there, but I'm just telling you, we already have the name. Marco, you have no idea the energy that you bring to our show. Even when you're not on the show, like I told you, uh, your name comes up often. And so, again, uh, as as always, and what I mean by that is we can't wait to have you back on the show. Uh, we thank you for your transparency and for everything you bring to the show. Uh, it, what a teaching moment today as well. So thank you once again. And uh, have a pleasant rest of your day. Don't go anywhere, though, as Joe takes us out of the show here today. Joe. All right. Well, until next week, I would remind all of you, be sure to give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, or opinions, you can leave us a message via the link in this episode's description. Remember to join us every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for new episodes. Now, on behalf of myself, Coach Tony, Mr. Marco Pasqua, thanks for listening. All right, everybody out there, be the best you. And I mean, Joe, I, I, I got to tell you something. Marco thinks that we're joking when when we go at it on, on the show. He thinks that we're just jabbing at each other. He doesn't know that we're really serious. I, I thought, hey, do we? Maybe we, we just started. We just started the outtakes. We just started the outtakes. Maybe I'm going to include some of those where I had to go over to his house the one time. Who really knows about that one? Yeah, don't tell. I, I, are we still recording? We should ever be recording right now, should we? I don't know. Hey, everybody out there, again, be the best Jew. Marco Pasqua from Vancouver, Canada. We can't wait to have you back on. Take care, everybody. I'm out of here, Joe.